Women Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Crater celebrate the thoughts and opinions of magnetic, spirited, and influential women. Each week, bold, brilliant women spark vigorous conversations on the complexities of life, love, and happiness. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Crater. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Dynamic Women, and we've got such a cool show today. We're going to talk about certainty. We're going to talk about the need for certainty. What does certainty mean to each of us? And we're going to be visiting today with Allison Carmen, Sharon Jameson, Sharon Silver, Lou Paget, and Ann Tucker. I'm your host, Sandra Beck, along with my lovely co-host, Linda Crater. And one of the things that happened with certainty for me, girls, is... I spent the first 20 years of my adult life and, you know, that really started for me at like 15 or 16. And I worked really hard to ensure certainty. I wanted to have lots of money in the bank. I wanted to own my home. I wanted to have my children at a certain age so that I was certain I could take care of them, certain I could pay for them. And of course it all blew up um, because my kids were like, you know, two months old and and two years old when I filed for divorce. So it went up in flames. I went through a foreclosure. The money that I had saved for my future children for 20 years drained out the house like a bathtub water sink, you know, going out the drain. And I had to rebuild. And one of the things that helped me in this rebuilding process was Allison Carmen, who's one of our guests today, her book, uh, The Gift of Maybe, because I was so determined to build certainty in my life, I was missing so much. And the gift of maybe allowed me to open the door of like, maybe I should do this. Maybe I could do that. Because the nice thing about having a fire sale in your life when everything burns to the ground (laughs) is really do get a do over. And I'm going to go to Allison Carmen first, because the concept of maybe, maybe I could, or maybe if I did this was so freeing to me. And Allison, I'd like to go to you first. Well, you know, I I start my book saying I was addicted to certainty. If I didn't know what was going to happen next, I predicted things were going to be bad or they weren't going to work out. And that's why we need certainty because we're so afraid that if we don't know the answer, it's going to be bad and things won't change. And for most of my life, just like you, I struggle with this. I wanted to know. And I thought if I knew that I'd get that job and I'd get that guy and I'd get all the things I want in my life, one day I could just breathe and say, now I'm set. Life is going to be great. Things are always going to work out. And then, you know, life keeps changing and things are always unexpected and things are uncertain. And for me, my life changed the day that I heard this idea of maybe, because it allowed me to see that life can't just doesn't go one way. Just because something happens unexpected doesn't mean we're doomed, doesn't mean that things can't change. And as I kind of embrace this idea, I kind of now see uncertainty as my best friend. Because if you want your life to change, it has to happen in the unknown. So as we shift our relationship with uncertainty, we realize that life always has maybe, that no matter what's happening, maybe things will change, maybe they'll get better. And again, that sounds so simple, right? You're using this little term maybe to take you from suffering to liberation. But the reason why we're suffering is because we think we know it's one way. And this idea of maybe lets us know that within uncertainty is more hope and possibility. And if you don't know, that means that life's going to change and maybe it can still get better. Allison, I love what you say about maybe. This is Sharon from Atlanta. And um, I was always taught that you only have confidence in you and have a confidence in God and everything else is up for grabs. 
So I never grew up with this understanding of certainty because there was so much trauma and chaos in my life. And it really helped me because it let me go with the flow. And I really understood that there was a thing called being ready versus being prepared. And to me, I feel like ready is that place that says, I'm certain to take on the world. But prepared says, I'm, I, you know, I, I have as much as I can in place. And if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But prepared, that feeling versus ready, lets me be the best that I can be without the, the, the need to have certainty, because I think that certainty is an illusion. And it was really liberating for me. I love when you said suffering versus liberation. But I think that when we know that we are in charge of nothing but our uh, but ourselves and that there's a higher power orchestrating people, places, and things, I think my faith gives me the certainty, the only certainty that I can really have. So that's kind of how I think about certainty. How about you, Sharon? Uh, <laughs> well, I wasn't next, but I'm going to jump right oh. in here. And okay. now it's it's funny because um, a lot of people call me Sharon, so <laughs> I'm listening. Um, you know, I agree. I think that certainty is how children is not how children see the world. Um, children see the world through maybe. And I'm a parent educator, so my world is really focused on a lot of that. But I really believe that certainty is an illusion as well. And I believe that really what you need to do is, is be open to the concept of maybe, and that way the universe is able to send you the messages you need to go forward. So I, I agree. I think being ready, being willing, and um, embracing the maybe in your life is really the way to go. <clears throat> this is Lou, and I'm going to jump in. And certainty for me, if I say there's times in your life when you are absolutely crystal clear that you know something and that certainty is a feeling and you don't feel it between your ears you feel it in your gut you feel it in the solar plexus because that's the area of your body that cannot lie to you okay so when you're thinking about something you know and you like a certainty of i know this is where i should be going it may not be the most comfortable but you're certain you're going to do it. I also think we have to look at certainty as a state of being. And we cycle between certainty and then things that aren't certain, uncertainty, and then going back into it. And as you know, Sharon was talking about being prepared, but what I am aware of is that when certain, when you are certain, opportunities present themselves. And certainty in your own, between the six inches between your two temples, that is your radar that's a six inch by six inch square. You only see what's on that radar. What you do not see is what the universe knows is certain, and that's the whole wall. So knowing that certainty cycles through your life you can't control it in the same way you can't control, you know, sun rising and sun setting. You know what's going to happen. You know it's going to occur. And tomorrow's going to follow after today. We are certain about that. But you can't control it. Knowing that you have a flow is certainty. Knowing that it's going to be occasionally different than you expected. And Sam, you always were. You were Miss Be Organized, get the MBA, get this done, get that done. <laughs> 
And then the universe handed you other things and you went like this, whoa, same <laughs> thing for me. It was like, well, that didn't turn out as I expected. And yet, would I go back and change some of those things? No, I wouldn't. And the reason I wouldn't is because I wouldn't have become who I am and I wouldn't have seen or had the opportunities land on top of my little pointed head that, and when I got it, I got it. So to me, certainty is a cycle, it's a flow, it transforms, and it comes from the universe in a way we never expected, but we know it's coming. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that idea. And I think, you know, I think it is when we are experiencing or really looking for that feeling of certainty, I think it's coming a lot of times from a place of fear is it's the desire to, to be able to predict what's going to occur. And, and when we don't know what's going to happen to us, you know, it, it frequently lands on areas that we're particularly fearful about. So it could be about, you know, about money or about health or whatever it is that's your particular area of where you worry, you know, where do we focus? And I think those are the areas, the areas that, that is a particular focus for us where we crave certainty. And I think it comes from that, that sense of fear that if we don't control it, that, uh, that, you know, that bad things can happen. And I think the, the, the damage there, I think, is, is as we're striving for certainty, it's about tightening control, grabbing onto that steering wheel, you know, harder and harder. And the more that we control, we end up doing what I call local or what's called local optimization, where you're, you just want to, you want an answer. So you might choose the, the nearest possible answer, the closest answer, and it might not be the best answer. You know, so if, if you have a job and it's a job that's paying the bills and it's 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 OK, but it's certain, you know what it is, it's predictable, but it might not be the best option. And there's probably better options out there. So you have to let go of the wheel, let go of the certainty and be open to what's possible, you know, so that your your horizons broaden, you see what's out there for you. And I think that that moving away, being more comfortable with what's uncertain is, is what's required in order to to broaden out and allow the things that you can't imagine to come into your life. This is Allison, but I think the issue most people have is I think a lot of people understand that um, if I could just deal with uncertainty, life would be better. But And faith is really what most people want, but it's hard for people to get there. Faith is saying, I'm okay with whatever happens. I know I don't have control or I know life is supposed to flow, but people worry and they're concerned. How am I gonna pay my mortgage? Will my child be okay? So although, yeah, ultimately we want flow and we want faith, people need a process to get there. And I think that's where the struggle is. How do I get to that place where I feel safe with the unknown? And so there, the process for me was this idea of maybe there are many ways to get there, but there has to be a place where we can land and hang out in the unknown in, in a different way. Because faith is tough to come by for many people. This is Linda. I, I agree with you. I think it is hard but I, I tend to think that when you give a chance to maybe and I tend to live in a constant state of maybe um, certainty being an illusion as we talked about before I think it's a safe place intellectually certainty is but it can also be sort of dogmatic so I love that the room it leaves for possibility um, when you are able to leave it open to maybe. I, I truly have learned to rely on my faith and 
the talents I've been given and the people I support myself with. And I think that that leaves us open to the maybes that have the potential to open the doors and thoughts to new things. You are listening to an amazing group of women, Ann Tucker, Allison Carmen, Lou Paget, Sharon Jameson, and Sharon Silver with Sam Black and myself. We have a short break now if you like these shows. There are more on dynamicwomentalkradio.com. We're going on a short break. Stay with us. You won't want to miss this next segment. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. Cynthia is the creator of Facial Magic, using isometric facial exercises to take years off your face while enhancing skin care. Are you like me? I recently looked in the mirror and felt that my skin needed revitalization. Right now I'm using three of their products, the Vitamin C Serum, Apple Stem Peptide, and the Eye Treatment. Even though I've used these products only a short time, my face feels renewed. Here's what I've learned about the products. The Vitamin C Serum lightens and brightens skin, stimulating skin cell regeneration and collagen and elastin production, reducing the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, especially under the eyes. Apple Stem Peptide is a soft, light, nourishing product targeting premature aging and repairing skin while it reverses environmental damage. It works synergistically with the Vitamin C Serum. I absolutely love the Cell Renewal Eye Cream, specially formulated to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. Its light-diffusing minerals give an immediate boost, and Vitamin K, Green Tea, and CoQ10 helps alleviate puffiness and dark circles. Cell Renewal Skin Care allows every woman to enjoy reasonably priced, intelligent, effective skin care. This is specialty skin care without the hype, using botanical ingredients and omitting synthetic dyes and fragrances. Find these products and more at CynthiaRoland.com. You'll be glad you did. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and I'm here with Linda Crater, Allison Carmen, Sharon Jameson, Sharon Silver, Lou Paget, and Ann Tucker. If you like these ladies and you like what they have to say, go to dynamicwomentalkradio.com, and you can learn more about them. They have written books. They have YouTube videos. They have classes you can take, and, you know, they're such dynamic women. I don't even know how to say it any better. Um, I'm going to go to Sharon Jameson, or I'm sorry, Sharon Silver first, to talk a little bit about the certainty of the mind. Yeah, you know, when I hear the word certainty, and I think about it in my life, I think about how certain I am, and that's my mind talking. Um, What I've learned over 30 years of really processing and thinking about all this and, and growing and stretching is that every time I think I'm certain, the universe comes in and tips the apple cart. And just to show me that I am not certain and I need to remain sort of in that maybe state, when I find that I'm able to bring myself into my central core, into the center where all things are possible, I have a better shot of seeing the big picture and I feel more harmonious and I'm able to let go. And then for me, that's certainty. When I hit that harmonious state, then I'm certain I'm in the right place. And then whatever happens, happens. And that's how I see certainty. Sharon, I love that. It's, it's interesting as a minister, this is something that I grapple with, with the congregation. And I believe to me that certainty is 
uh, not of the mind, it's, um, but it's more of the spirit. Because I think that anytime we can't explain something, our mind uh, will uh, agonize to try to do it. <laughs> but I, I, but I believe it's, it's to me in, in what I try to share with my my congregation that really cha- have challenges around understanding faith, the concept of faith is to understand that we will not understand. And mm-hmm. and I always kind of use that scripture, have peace that passes all understanding, means that our whatever peace that we're going to have is going to be greater than our ability to understand. And I just try to take peace in that myself, especially when I'm dealing with situations in the congregation like death or something bad happens. How do you explain those things? And um, I, so... It, it all to me is around faith and, and God and, and spirit and being grounded. So I think to me, the only grounding that h- helps me, especially after I turn 50, is the grounding that I get from faith and know that everything else is up for grabs, but know that I'm going to do my best to, to not limit God or limit the flow of God or the move of God and just be open to whatever is going to happen, knowing that and trusting that God knows my highest desire and knows my heart and 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 know that God will give me the desires of my heart. And then You know, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I would just say what I've experienced is that you're never going to get the full picture at once, but you're going to get the picture and the information from God, from the universe, whatever you call it, when you need it. And yes, that I certainty. agree. And that, and that's what I hold, hang my hat on that. I'm certain of that when I ask for the, for the solution in a solution based world, I may not know the big picture, but I certainly am going to get the answer I need right this minute. And that's what I consider certainty. And then it becomes, it moves from certainty and solidness to maybe, maybe do I have enough faith to move forward? Yes, I do. And that's my personal challenge. Are you going to believe or are you not going to believe? Okay. Um, This is Lou. And when I think of examples of when someone says, well, I, 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 I can't be certain about anything. And I will use the practical examples uh, in my seminars or when I'm working with someone and say, listen, if you're going skiing, you're quite certain you're going to go down the ski hill, right? And they'll go, yeah. I said, but what you're not certain about is the exact fall line of how you're going to go down. Are you going to do great big giant slalom? Are you just gonna go straight? Are you gonna hit a tree? You don't know, but you are certain you're gonna head somewhere. And whether we call it faith, whether we call it the universe, when you have a certainty, I think of it as, you know when they talk about people heading Um, you know, you work and work and work and work and you get to the top of the mountain and you think you've gotten to the top of the mountain and then all of a sudden you realize, (laughs) oh, there's more. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The certainty is you know you're going to get to the top of the mountain. What you're not certain about is what's going to be at the top of the mountain. But you know (laughs) you're going to go there. So I think every day we are heading to certainty, which is then going to go to another phase of, not being certain. So whether you call it looking through the fence, seeing part of the fence, then seeing through the space, part of the fence. And in the same way I look at, I come from a hard sciences background, biology, botany, microbiology, zoology, as I say, all the good stuff. And even in science, 
there is not certainty. Science is designed to create an idea that then gets called into question. And trust me, they get downright rabid when they're calling things into question. But so the certainty is your state of mental being, the, the state of having a vision, having a purpose, having a focus. Those to me are the things that they kind of walk hand in hand. You know, they're kind of like the wheels on the car that we would call certainty. You know, I, I, I love what you're saying and with science in the background. This is Sharon Silver. And, and I have always looked at everything that I'm learning as like the layers of an onion being peeled. And the universe and, and knowledge is evolving. So how, right. how do we find certainty in something that is evolving? We as individuals are evolving. We're peeling layers of ourselves. We're, we're unearthing more and more about who we are by our chance and our choice to embrace maybe. And so I absolutely love this concept of embracing maybe um, because it, it takes you to the next layer. And there you find certainty because you're willing to move forward. Well, I, I mean, let's be honest. Five seconds ago was not now. Correct. We knew it was, com- <laughs> knew it was coming. <laughs> I, I just want to, this is Allison. I, I just want to go back to this idea of faith. And I think that people in our society who have faith do not struggle with uncertainty because they're okay with whatever happens. But most of us have beliefs. I believe this is going to happen tomorrow. I believe I'm going to get this job. I believe that I'm going to meet this guy. And when things don't happen like that, we fall apart. So the idea is to, to helping people deal with uncertainty is how do we bridge people from beliefs to faith? And this concept of maybe is, is like almost like a cognitive faith. What it does is it gives people a ground to stand on in the unknown. It lets people know if you don't know something, maybe it'll get better. Maybe there's something still out there for you. Maybe there are more possibilities. And over time, these people who just have beliefs who are willing to hang out and maybe what they do is they put themselves in the same mindset as the people who had faith. So all of a sudden you're going from this place where you just have beliefs and you're always struggling with uncertainty to this place of maybe where you're willing to contemplate something new in your life. You're willing to hang out in the unknown. And the most interesting thing about the practice of maybe is that over time people who didn't have faith develop faith. Because how we develop faith is we start, we change our relationship with uncertainty. When we start to hang out there and we start to see, hey, I didn't expect this, but look, I was open and something wonderful happened. Or this is an unexpected benefit in my life. Or I tried these three things that were new and look, now my life has, has gotten to further down the path that I wanted. So the idea is how do we help people bridge themselves from belief to faith? And this concept of maybe could help people get there. And ultimately, when we do live a life of faith, where we just kind of know that life has this ebb and flow and there is God or there is universe and uncertainty becomes our best friend. And when uncertainty becomes our best friend, we're open to all that's possible in our lives. That makes a lot of sense to me. I think that 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 idea of having a bridge is really important. I think it's tricky when people are are or when they say that faith and, and I think, you know, some of you said that faith doesn't come easily to a lot of people. And I think that's so true. And people really struggle with it. And it's a double, it, you know, feels doubly bad because you feel like you're failing uh, from having faith as well, which is which is difficult. Um, but and I think when that happens, 
um, the hard thing is we tend to search for those answers, to search for certainty outside of ourselves. We look for, you know, we do the research. We try to find out the information. We think the information is going to give us the certainty. If I can only be smart enough or clever enough to, to understand or to find the certain answer, you know, but the truth is, is, is it's impossible to know everything that there is to know about whatever choice that you're making, right? If you're buying a car, you can't know everything there is to know about that car. You can't know, you know, where it was built, the people that worked on it. You can't know every aspect of its ownership history. There's, it's just, it's not possible. So there's always going to be ambiguity in every choice that you make. So how do you get to that place of feeling good about it? And I think that's the key right there is that certainty doesn't come from outside. You can't get it from outside yourself that it comes from inside. It comes from feeling good about what you're doing. And that's, if you think of it, faith is one way of, of phrasing that. And I think another way of phrasing that is to, is when do you feel confident in what you're choosing? Do you feel good about it? And there's ways of doing that, but there is, a, but I think that the concept of maybe is wonderful, you know, and another way of coming at it is, is looking at how, uh, how you're actually going through your process of thinking about it. Your process actually impacts how good you feel about what you're choosing. And I go into this in my book. Um, I talk about how uh, when you're fully committed to your process, whatever, to, to your path, to your decision, it engages aspects of your thinking, of your of your mind, of your of your psychology that enable you to fall in love with whatever you're doing, with whatever you're thinking about. So, so there are ways, there are tools you can use to give you that bridge, to help you into more certainty. But there, it's all about it's all about how you feel on the inside. And the answers don't come from outside. They don't come from the research. They don't come from the information. It needs to be managing ambiguity by impacting how you, so you can feel good about your choices. I want to thank um, you guys because this is such, this is such a big deal for people. I know it was a big deal for me. And we're visiting today with Allison Carmen, uh, Sharon Silver, Sharon Jameson, Lou Paget, and Ann Tucker. And I just want to do a book check really quick here. Allison Carmen, the name of your book. The Gift of Maybe, Finding Hope and Possibility in Uncertain Times. Sharon Silver, the name of your book. Stop reacting and start responding 108 ways to uh, change behavior. Ann Tucker. Undoubtedly awesome. Lou Which Padgett, is what you guys one. all are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Paget, pick one of your eight. Um, okay. Uh, uh, how to be a great lover. There you go. Sharon Jameson. Um, I'll pick two of them. I can depend on me and I have learned a few things. And those are so great. Linda Creter, you've learned a few things too. I, I think we've all learned a few things along the way. And, and I, I think sometimes I believe that this certainty maybe aspect comes about because we have learned a number of things. And when you fall down and find that you get up and you're better than you were before and you learn from that experience, I think we start to embrace the maybe a lot better. And these books are all amazing. Thank you, ladies. These are just awesome. Go to Amazon and find all these wonderful books. We are going on a short break, but we will be back to talk further about certainty and maybe and possibility and hope. You're listening to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. We'll be right back. And we'll return after these short messages.
people who study dreams tell us that the kind of television you watched as a child can affect your dreams today. For instance, if you had a black and white TV, you might be prone to colorless dreams. I'm pretty sure I dream in color, but my friends say it's a pigment of my imagination. It has been suggested the type of cheese you eat can also impact your dreams. This might be a bit hard to digest, but a study conducted by the British Cheese Board discovered that people who ate cheddar cheese dreamt more about celebrities, while folks who ate blue cheese experienced more bizarre dreams. A bad dream could give you matatulapia, or the bad mood you experience when you get up on the wrong side of the bed. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Is it recommended that you stretch before your workout? Does stretching your muscles before you exercise prevent injury? According to Shape Magazine, there is no scientific study that shows stretching before exercise will improve performance or protect your body from injury. They state that stretching increases flexibility, but most injuries occur during normal range of motion. The best way to prepare for your workout and reduce your risk of injury is to warm up. It is important that you increase blood flow to your muscles to prepare them for activity. Warming up also prepares your mind for the workout ahead. Focusing on your exercise and your performance can make a big difference to the intensity of your workout session. Warming up by moving around and getting blood to the working muscles is important and save your stretching until after the workout. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and we're here today on Dynamic Women Talk Radio. If you like these ladies, I love these ladies, you can find more about them at Dynamic Women Talk Radio. You can Google any of these women, and their books will come up. And I would highly suggest you do so, because every time I do these shows, I I actually take notes. I have this book of radio notes, and I write down these great statements women make on these shows and a lot of times it gives me the languaging of a concept that I struggle with so I want to thank you all for being here today we've got Allison Carmen, Sharon Jameson, Sharon Silver, Lou Paget, Ann Tucker and our special guest star from Toronto Frankie Picasso and we're going to talk this segment about certainty but we're going to weave in hope and possibility uh, so that we can all walk away feeling better and this is what do we call it? Uh, therapy without the copayment. Lou Padgett, go ahead. Take it away. Okay. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. Um, when I think of certainty connected to hope and possibility, to me, hope and possibility are a foundation upon which certainty gets built. Mm-hmm. And we were speaking in the previous segment on people, you know, having being, you know, having faith or struggling with having faith. And I think one of the reasons that people struggle with having faith, and I have my little inverted commas there, is because they are being told how to have faith according to someone else's judgment. And when you have your own faith, when you have your own, whether you call it spirituality, whether you, whatever you want to refer to it as, when you have that, you know it. Yet many times we are being told that only certain people 
are going to tell you that you have proper faith. You're not faithful enough. You're not one of the faithful. That just makes me want to go up and choke that person. Because <laughs> really, it is just their egotistical judgment of telling someone, you're not doing what I think you should be doing. So let's go back to hope and possibility. I think, you know, if we build, are, are we talking about hope and possibility and certainty? Are they behaviors or are they thoughts? I think they're both. And to me, certainty is also just this knowing and that knowingness is so quiet. And even in that quietness, there's still, you are still aware of what other things are possible. Thank you, possibility. What other things you might hope that could come in. Because we are our thoughts. Do not for one moment think you are anything other than your thoughts. The chair you're sitting on, the desk you're sitting in front of, the computer that you're looking at, none of those existed until they came into someone else's thought, right? Mm -hmm. So Bruce Lipton's work in the area of thought is amazing. But the feeling of hope and possibility and certainty, to me, it's almost like they're a necklace that we can put on every day and they're quiet and you feel them literally in your heart. You don't feel them between your ears because if you feel it between your ears, that's your ego speaking and it's likely going to take you out. Uh, this is Allison. I, I could just tell all of you without hope, I'm not getting out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hope has in it every new business, every new relationship, everything you have for your children. And, and I think where hope runs into trouble is because we become attached of how things need to be for us to be okay. And that's why I love this idea of maybe, because I always say it's hope without attachment. It, it's allowing us to set goals. It's allowing us to create things in our lives. But at the same time, we recognize, well, maybe it's not going to happen the way I thought. And maybe it's going to happen another way. And then when something we like that we want, it doesn't happen, we recognize, gee, it's not over. I'm not doomed because maybe things can still be. And I just wanted to share really quickly um, an exercise that when you do feel hooked, and you feel like things are not going your way, ask yourself, am I absolutely certain this needs to happen? Like, um, I thought I was gonna get this job and now I'm doomed, my child's never gonna be okay. Are you absolutely certain these thoughts are true? And most of the time we're not certain. And the minute we recognize we're not certain, we could start asking ourselves these, these maybe questions and we could start them really broad. Like if we didn't get that job we thought, like maybe there's another job, maybe things will be better, maybe things can still change. And then we get more specific. We could ask ourselves, maybe I need to call this person I haven't spoken to in a long time, or maybe I need to go back to school. So there's this way that we could challenge our fear of uncertainty and these thoughts that we have that make us feel that we're doomed. And I know I went really clicky with this exercise, but maybe is this beautiful place where we could hold hope and possibility, but not the attachment that makes us suffer and still have goals and still have wants and still have dreams and still open up to all that's possible. You know, I, I just have to piggyback on the back of that. That's absolutely brilliant. You took the words out of my mouth because I, I believe, and I think to piggyback on your exercise, you have to check out where the root of the thought is coming from. Where are your thoughts sending you? Are they sending you toward life, toward love, or are they sending you at its root toward fear and doubt? And, and challenging your certainty. And I think that where people really tend to 
have a problem is they think that once they make the step into certainty and the step into hope, that they won't be challenged, that the same old fears and haunts won't challenge them one more time to see if they're certain. And if you can embrace the fact that you're going to be challenged and you have to stand strong in your hope and in the possibility that you're right, then you've got certainty. And I think it's really all about choice. That's really where the key is. You're always standing at a crossroads. And if you make the choice to move toward, you know, hope and possibility, you'll find certainty and you'll learn more about yourself and and life. I loved what somebody said. I think it was Lou that hope and possibility is the foundation which certainty is built on. That's so true. But I really think that, you know, a lot of people lose faith because they don't think they're going to be challenged Challenged. in the next moment. moment. Mm -hmm. I really like this conversation uh, about hope and faith. And the reason being, I my grandmother, who probably had maybe a second grade education, and she used to tell us that faith is a choice and hope is a choice. But she used to say this. She says, hope will always tell fear to shut its mouth. And um, that really stuck with me because I know that when I get fearful, faith and hope will can shut its mouth. And even though you don't realize the power of those little sayings, when, when, that, when you grow up with hearing that, so it always lets me know, okay, I'm in fear. I, um, I, I, I know that faith and hope is going to shut its mouth, but I never was taught that it's going to be easy. I felt like that I was always taught that challenges, challenges a part of everything. But I think that what grounds me and what grounds the messages that I try to share, not only with the congregation, but with the clients, is the understanding that fear, um, and that hope is not the absence of fear. Hope is just that grounding, that connection, and it is a choice. And I always can tell uh, myself and try to tell my son that in life you get a whisper. The whisper can give you a wow or the whisper can give you a woe. But if you listen to it, and know that it's speaking to your heart, I think it will give you what you need, and that is that grounding. And that's been my experience. I do. I love that, uh, what you said, that hope isn't, this is Ann Tucker, and what you said about hope isn't the absence of fear. And I think that's so important to to recognize that I think we kind of get into this, you know, binary idea that either you're you know, full of faith or you're in fear. And I think that that the truth is, is a lot of us are somewhere in the middle <laughs> that we're experiencing some fear, but that we're going through it anyways. Right. And and what is courage? Courage isn't isn't the absence of fear. Courage is is having the fear and doing it anyways. And, uh, you know, I think I think that's where the hope comes from is that is that, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to step into this fear. I feel the fear and I'm going to walk through it. And I think that's how we move forward in life. That's how we grow. And if you know, if you're ever in a place of stagnation in your life, you look at what are you most afraid of and step into that. Um, and the, the you know, the hope and the possibility comes from what's on the other side of that and leaving that open to to be fulfilled in ways that may be greater than what you can imagine on your own. Um, this is, uh, this is Lou Padgett and I have a great quote that I literally have it on my screen above the top of my screen. And it's that fear is a natural reaction to getting closer to the truth. And that's from Pema Chodron, the uh, Buddhist nun. And there are many times when we so build something that 
when we have we get scared about it, we're we don't we're not certain about it, and we make it be so much bigger than it actually is. And fear is one of fear is like the schoolyard bully. Okay, the moment that you you know face it down, it's like when I first started doing my seminars, I thought I would be forever doomed to be single and alone and by myself because I would be judged so harshly for talking about sexuality. Now, was I judged harshly? Sure, but that wasn't the thing. The thing that kept me doing it was the certainty of what people told me this information gave them. And Sharon, I'm sure that's the same for you that you see it. I call it the brain grenade moments. When you see, when you say something and you see their faces change or their, and, and you know that by having said those words, you've changed their lives. And when you have a certainty that your behavior is going to do something in a direction that is positive, whether you call it certainty means truth, truth again is a, a value statement, but there is, fear is something that has stopped more people from being their whole selves than anything. And when people know that certainty is theirs just by putting out their hand, I think more people would go forward and do things in their life that are, are just, that touch their heart and in touching their heart, it'll touch others. Cinder, <laughs> are you coming in? <laughs> yeah, well, I was waiting for Sharon. I, I thought she had a comment to make before I apologize. You know, I, I love what you just said because I think those brain grenade moments are very rewarding. And I think they keep us walking on that path towards mm -hmm. the maybe, toward the hope, toward the possibility. And I, I think that we need those, and those are gifts. To me, those are gifts from God, that he gives us blessings to let us know he's there. It's not absent. It isn't really silent. Just be patient. Something all of us could probably work on just a tiny bit. So at any rate, we are going on our final break, and we're talking with Ann Tucker, Allison Carmen, Lou Paget. Uh, Sharon Silver and Sharon Jamison, and I believe we're adding Frankie Picasso in the last segment. We are talking today about certainty, maybe, hope, possibility, and potential. And we are delighted to have you listening with us. More shows can be found at dynamicwomentalkradio.com. We'll be back after the break. Don't miss this. Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's merging You hear about Wesley, the golden retriever puppy from Michigan that was fitted with braces? Before you think this is a bonafide insanity, Wesley was born with teeth that were so crooked he couldn't shut his mouth all the way. This was affecting his ability to eat properly. So his owners took him to the Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary Dental Solutions, where a doggy orthodontist prescribed him a set of braces. And now, pictures of Wesley smiling with his bright, shiny braces have been circling the Internet. With all that metal wrapped around their teeth, some would think that most dogs would become Bruxel maniacs, but not Wesley. He doesn't mind the braces at all and is now able to eat his food with gusto. A Bruxel maniac is someone with an uncontrollable urge to grind their teeth. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Stress can affect your health and lead to depression, diabetes, hair loss, and obesity, just to name a few. Harvard Medical School says that if stress persists, the adrenal glands release a hormone called cortisol. And cortisol increases appetite and may also ramp up motivation in general, including the motivation to eat. Once a stressful episode is over, cortisol levels should fall. But if the stress doesn't go away, or if a person's stress response gets stuck in the on position, cortisol may stay elevated. This hormone could lead to overeating and weight gain. For those who have chronic stress, finding ways to manage it is not only good for your emotions, it is imperative to your weight and health. Exercise and activity is your best defense for releasing stress. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Dynamic Women, and we're visiting today with Allison Carmen, Sharon Jameson, Sharon Silver, Lou Paget, Frankie Picasso, and Tucker. I'm Sandra Beck. My lovely co-host today is Linda Crater. Now, I want to talk about permissions, and I know that sounds weird because permissions may not at first seem like they have a lot to do with certainty, which is today's topic, but things like saying, I don't know, you know, I don't know, I've taught my kids is a perfectly acceptable answer. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It's not like you fell asleep and missed your best friend's wedding. I mean, it's okay to say, I don't know, or to have permission to not know something. And I think that gets along in alignment with certainty. I'm going to go to Allison Carmen first. Well, the most interesting thing is most of the time we're suffering because we think we know. We think we know how life was supposed to go. We think we know what's going to happen next. And then we're disappointed because things don't go as planned. So this whole idea of needing to know is really the baseline for a lot of our suffering. So this idea of allowing ourselves not to know it is that's where freedom lies. Allow yourself not to know where your next job's going to be. Allow yourself not to know, you know, where your child's going to go to college. Allow yourself not to know. And, and in this not knowing, there's this space. And if we can get to the space, this place of when we don't know, this we can open. We can, and if we open in this place of when there's space, we are going to access so much more that that's possible in our lives. The fact our need to know limits us. It gives us one choice or it gives us two choices. But when you allow yourself not to know, you're engaging full on in all that's possible. You go into uncertainty and you're like, I am so ready to be available to anything that could possibly happen. And then we're more likely to find the things that we want in our lives. So if we could allow ourselves not to know, that's going to be the beginning of really creating the things that we've always been looking for in life. So it's a really interesting concept. But again, the suffering is because we think we know and we allow ourselves not to know we're going to find more comfort, more joy, more ease and more peace. This is Frankie from Toronto. Um, (laughs) Allison, I'm going to disagree a little bit because I think that not knowing where, you know, what college you want to go to or or what job you want to do, that's one thing. But when you ask and and not knowing a fact, you can look up a fact. But when as a coach, when I ask somebody a question about themselves or their body or what they're feeling and they go, I don't know, that's not an acceptable answer. And, And I have to drill down and say, but Okay, if you don't know, then make something up. Because 
nine times out of 10, when you make it up, it's a metaphor for what you don't know. And you're just not allowing yourself to know because it's too scary. I think you missed my point. It's not about when you know. It's not about I'm not going to set a goal. It's like you can set a goal, but you're not going to know how it's going to happen. No, I and, understand that. No, so that part, they, I, I get that. I, so, I get the... the uh, so basically, it's not saying, oh, just go around not knowing. What it's saying is there are things you can't know in, in this moment. You could set a goal, right? You could say, I want this to happen, or I think this, or I think that. But beyond that, if you're going to try to answer things, you're going to start to get attacked. You're going to have expectations and you have to allow a flow. So yes, I'm all into goal setting. I'm all into saying how you feel in the moment, but there are certain things you can't know. And it's this need to know when you can't, that creates these stories that cause our suffering. So that that's all I'm, t- I'm not, t- I'm not talking that we can't make positive statements in our lives. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking mm-hmm. and I'm not, no. And I'm not talking about not knowing because not knowing is a freedom and not knowing certain things. But I'm, when you are, when you say, I don't know because you're avoiding something. Well, I'm not when, saying no. I'm not saying you are saying that. I'm saying many people that I coach say, I don't know because they, they it's an avoidance technique. They don't want to know. And so the answer then is make something up. Frankie, can I jump in? This is Linda. I once had a wonderful counselor who would ask me those questions and I would say, I don't know, just like what you're saying. And she would look at me very wryly and she would say, well, if you did know, what would you do? Mm -hmm. And every time you then have to look a little deeper and you do have it within you and you did have an answer. And so I think sometimes we are in avoidance and don't want to say what we're thinking. But when you are challenged, and I'm in agreement with you on this one, Frankie, I I think we do sometimes need to, we have the answers. We do Mm -hmm. need to look within. Um, I personally live in the maybe 100% of the time or pretty darn close to it because I know I'm not in control. So I'm open to what will come. And I also know that I may not know what it will look like when it does come, mm-hmm. but I know that I have the faith that it will come. And I, I was talking on one of the breaks about a quote I love, which is that God laughs when we tell him our plan. Yeah. I, you know, we, we can make all the plans we want, but, you know, life, life does happen and we are not in control. So I am very comfortable with maybe and living that way. And I think sometimes people are not. And I think that's what Sharon is addressing is that lots of people are not. So maybe it's just where we are. Yes. Uh, and we're, you and I are a little different. <laughs> <laughs> a little what do we call it one day? Unique? Yes. <laughs> you know, I, think- I, I believe what Frankie is saying as well, because, you know, I absolutely believe that you have all the answers that you need. Someone once said to me, every answer sits right beside the question. So you have to look and say, what's blocking the answer from arriving? So you do know it's in there. There's no way that you don't. You know yourself better than anyone. You have to take a look inward and say, what in the world is blocking me from being able to trust that answer? And you have to be comfortable with with not knowing. You have to be comfortable with extending yourself a moment to wait for the solid answer to come up. And there again, you know when that's a solid answer and that's certain, but you are connected and the answer sits right beside the question. Well, I guess we're all saying it's Allison again. You have to be willing not to know to know, right? You have to be willing mm-hmm. to, I mean, our relationship with uncertainty is going to prevent us from 
allowing us to make the choices that we want. If we want to go back to college, if whatever we want to do, if the fear of unknown is blocking us, then we're not going to be able to, to know that. So I kind of think we're all dancing around the same thing. Maybe it's semantics, but you know, not knowing is just as important as knowing. And if there is an answer within us, if we're not afraid of the unknown, we're going to find it. But if we're afraid of the unknown, we're never going to get there. Fear will dictate what we decide to do. Yeah, I mean, fear is just false evidence appearing real. So blow it up. I love the idea of a brain grenade, whoever said that. I mean, Lou. you know, hey, Lou, I mean, that's just, that's perfect because it's false evidence. So if you blow through that, then there you go. Now you're standing there and you're in uncertainty and that's fine. And you just wait for the certainty to arrive. One of the things that we, we always say, uh, I love when someone was talking about waiting. Uh, in church, we always say, wait on the Lord. And uh, we say that because we know that certainty is in us. And sometimes it has to be revealed to us when we are receptive. Because I don't believe that revelation can ever come without if we're not receptive to receive it. And I think that's what happens many times. The answer is in our spirits, it's in our guts, it's in our souls. But we're not receptive. But I, but when we get peace, when we get peace, when we get quiet, when we uh, get open, I think that the answer will always reveal itself to us. And I also think sometimes that it, it's easier to get um, to hear God sometimes um, in a collective space. And what I mean by that is. It's something about being in a space with uh, um, with people who are of like mind and like spirit and, and to to bring this spirit of openness into the room. And I don't I think that's a spiritual practice that I grew up with is sometimes when I couldn't get clear, just being in that space of prayer. Some people might call it prayer. Some people might call it meditation, whatever the name is. It, it, it sometimes it, it opens up those those crevices and those those closed places in our hearts and our minds where the truth can become apparent because the truth is in our souls, I, I believe. So I think it's all about just being able to wait and to hear and to be receptive because the revelation is there if we're open to receive it. I 100% is Frankie agree with you, Sharon. And I think that, you know, whether you call it meditation or prayer or peace, whatever, I have found that, you know, for, for me, the traditional meditation technique of sitting quietly doesn't work. But when you drive, you're also in a trance state, a hypnosis state. And those answers, um, usually, I call them get downloaded. And I always had to have a tape recorder with me so that I can I can repeat it back and have it for later. So I can just let it go from my brain once the answers come in because it 10 times, I mean, it comes in, it always comes in when when you're just in a state of, of harmony and peace. So yeah, I, I mean, everybody gets it differently. Some people get in a shower, some people run, some people sit in a quiet room with bells, other people, you know, drive their car. We're all going to get it differently. But when you're, when you hear it, you hear it. And I guess that's it. <laughs> um, who's next? Go, Lou. Okay, this is Lou Paget, And <clears throat> we were also talking at the beginning, uh, before we came into this segment, about permission. And really, if we look at what is permission, permission is also having an openness, but it's also the permission to give to yourself the awareness that you do not have to know everything. And that for me is a really powerful thing that when I do my seminars and it's in the area of sexuality, so people are often thinking they, they're supposed to know all this stuff. How can you possibly know everything in any area? You can't. 
But what you can do is say to the universe, I need more information. Or you can say to yourself, I need something. There's more here that I need to be aware of. And when you don't know, what you have is the awareness of what you do know. And those two things cycle in between one another. And true, I completely agree. There's the shower power. that When mm-hmm. people are in the shower, they get their information. Mm-hmm. It's funny, Lou. I call those shower epiphanies. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. But it's really, it's actually been proven factually true. Water opens up creativity and it's calming and it's all those things. So I I, I enjoy those very much. I think it's so, this topic is so interesting. We've come at it from so many different directions, but I think everybody has a concept of their own in terms of where they're going, how they handle uncertainty, and how they handle the maybe opens and the possibilities. And another wise counselor once said, does it pass the so what rule? Because if you look at something and it it really isn't going to matter a week down the line, then do you spend the same amount of time and energy on it as something more conceptually high powered? I, I actually love the not knowing aspect of things because then I don't know what's next and it's kind of interesting that way. So at any rate, we are... Closing up our show, we have been talking with Ann Tucker, Allison Carmen, Lou Paget, Sharon Jamison, and Sharon Silver. We are so appreciative of all of your opinions today, ladies. This is not an easy concept. Well, that's why we do it. There we do. You know, we the, we the do. Thing that and I, we've got to close, but we will come back next week with more shows and intriguing guests. Thanks again, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in today to Dynamic Women Talkio and join us each week. You can find more shows on dynamicwomentalkradio.com.